0: Let me ask you a question. What do you think of when you think of North Korea? I'll give you 3 seconds, but you know, if you need more time feel free to pause this for a few seconds. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that almost immediately you think of that little hermit kingdom that's literally north of South Korea but south of China with the most insane regime going on. Maybe you think of their mental history of like being a nation together with South Korea and then after 3 years of tension um well i mean that's very diplomatic of me i meant to say full-scale war um and then after no sides winning just splitting away like nah this is not for us uh or maybe you think of that movie movie uh seth rogan did with um what's his name I, th- I always mix him up with his brother i think it's either dave franco or james franco well it's not i think but it is either those two i think it's james Yeah, anyway, the the deeply unhinged movie, might I add, that he did with Seth Rogen called The Interview, where they go to North Korea and um, assassinate Kim Jong-un and play basketball with him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't know, maybe you think of that. Or maybe, you know, you approach North Korea from a humanitarian perspective and you think of how their hospitals often have no running water, no light, their people, you know, go hungry, um, not to get too deep or anything, uh, I wouldn't want to end up on a database in North Korea for saying something that they don't like. You know, I wouldn't want to piss off any manager of the North Korean, I don't know, cyber criminal and podcast analysis division. So, just in case, don't tell anyone about this. So, but I mean, better to be safe than sorry at the end of the day, isn't it? Well, anyway, um, let me ask you a different question, but the same way. What does one not think of when they think of North Korea? So, in other words, when I ask you about North Korea, what do you not think about? There's an endless wave of things you could not think about. I mean, it's slightly oxymoronic of me to, to ask you what, you know, to think about what you don't think about when you think of North Korea because once you think those things that you don't think about, then you're thinking about them, if you get me. Uh, but honestly, that's too complicated for today. But the reason I ask you that is because I bet you don't think of golf when you think of North Korea. If you, honest to God, did think of golf when I asked you what you did or didn't think about When I asked you about North Korea, then really, what are the odds? I mean, unless, you know, with the exception of you're a member of your local golf club and you therefore spend a large amount of your time thinking about golf anyway, then really, what are the odds? Well, the reason I bring up golf is not because I'm a golfer. In fact, I'm actually not a golfer at all. Uh, But it turns out golf is actually one way you can travel into North Korea relatively easily, which is exactly what two Australians did back in 2016, I mean, this story went pretty viral, I would say. When you search up, like, Aussies and North Korea online, it's the first few links that appear. Um, but I am just fearful that this in, that this incredible story will be forgotten. So I just thought I would share it again. I mean, I feel like travelling to North Korea in itself is a pretty daunting experience. Like, I still haven't decided if I would even go to North Korea if I was given the opportunity I know a lot of foreigners who have gone to North Korea ended up serving a bit of time in labour camps just for breaking domestic laws. Like I saw there was this one dude who in 2014 left a Bible in a club, which, by the way, it just seems a bit controversial. I mean, you don't usually put the two together. And I wasn't even aware that there were clubs in North Korea, but alas, he was sent to a labour camp. Uh, And there was also another dude, I think, he was accused of stealing government propaganda I mean, classic in uh, Pyongyang, and I mean to be fair, he only served two hundred and two days of his fifteen-year sentence um, because the U.S. government came to his rescue. But can you imagine, like, yeah? So I just I can't imagine it's the most relaxing experience. But um, and and let alone lying that you can play golf while you visit, because that is exactly what the two Australian dudes did. So the story goes. On most articles you read online, that these two guys were in China on some polo trip when they saw that North Korea was holding a golf tournament in the next couple of days and they signed up, like got some Chinese tailor to make them an Australian team blazer. And then their application to participate was successful. So, and then they went and played appallingly. And then when they left, they became national heroes of Australia. Um, and there are a fair few articles sort of praising these guys for pulling off such a stunt like that because it really is funny. I feel like there is nothing more frustrating for a regime that takes itself bizarrely seriously than to think you're letting in one person who they're actually not and then letting them, you know, out with without punishment and without realising the whole time. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, if you're into, like, pranking totalitarian regimes, attending a sports tournament is not only an easy way to snag a visa and enter with little hassle but it's also a way to be treated pretty well i mean immaculately by totalitarian standards i would say like yeah the whole time that you're there so it, i i i mean if i were to attempt a prank on that scale i think i would choose a state like north korea because it's not like you're taking the piss with russia and china's just far too scary from a if you get caught perspective. Um, so, you know, North Korea, although, you know, as one of the Aussies beautifully and poetically said when he was asked about apologising to North Korea, he said, years of hard labour in a North Korean prison doesn't exactly appeal, you know, you know. granted. Although that is the case, I just feel like you have a higher chance of being bailed out of the situation in a regime like North Korea's or, say, I don't know, Turkmenistan's or Laos. I think they're both single-party states, aren't they? But yeah, please leave a comment saying which single party or de facto one party state you would prank and why. Um Yeah. I feel like on a on a slight side note, that would first of all, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, massive clickbait um and would be a that that would make a you know fantastic YouTube video or something. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not being funny. Who who actually reads the news? Do you know what I mean? Or is that just me being like deeply immature and thick? I don't know. But uh, speaking of news, I actually have an Instagram, TikTok and YouTube channel all under the name uh, at the Kuma podcast. So please check them out. I'll leave the link um, to all three in the description underneath this episode. Um, So yeah, thank you for making it this far in today's episode. Have a good day.